Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports Today with Kent Sterling for Tuesday, August 4th, 2020, brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Call Dr. Mike O'Neill, make an appointment. He does great work on teeth. That's what he does. That's a whole team. They're wonderful at what they do. 317-849-2933. Bad news out of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway this afternoon. No fans. For the 104th running of the Indianapolis 500, we are just 19 days away, and they decided that with coronavirus, it was too unsafe to allow the stands to be filled to 25% of capacity. That'd be about 90,000 people. Between 75 and 90,000 people would have been allowed onto the grounds. Things are too uncertain to allow fans into the speedway. But my question is this. Would you be better off being at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway where things are kind of governed and, and, you know, social distancing is mandated, masks are mandated, or at parties, which are going to be all over the city as the race is televised for the second time in, like, ever in, in the metropolitan area of Indianapolis. Would you be better off at a party where people are kind of going haywire and having a great time watching the race within close proximity, or at 16th and Georgetown, with a mask on, and socially distanced? That is a pretty good question, and I'm not sure the answer, but I do know this. The political guys and uh, elected officials and Roger Penske and all the people at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway are not going to be held accountable for the irresponsible behavior of people at parties in the way that they would have been at 16th and Georgetown, and that's what's driving the decision. Nobody wants to be blamed for people dying. Remember, sectional 10, right in March. They went ahead with the sectional. Five people who attended one of those sessions died of coronavirus. That gym holds about 2,500 to 3,000 people. Five of them passed away. Responsibility has not really been assigned, and rightfully so. Nobody knew at that point what the hell was going to happen. We do know what's going to happen with coronavirus in terms of large gatherings of people. But again, Are we better off with one large gathering of 90,000 or hundreds of gatherings 
of 100 as people watch the 104th running of the Indianapolis 500? Pretty good question. What makes the Indy 500 special? People are saying it's the race. You know, it's still going to be Indy. I don't know. The, the Indianapolis 500, for me, is as much about the sheer volume of people at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the pageantry, the pre-race stuff. You know, I guess that's the pageantry. Jim Cornelison singing the national anthem, as it is for the race itself. It is just an awesome event to attend. You get there. What are the things that we love? If you go to the race, what are the things you love? You love your secret trek, the way you get to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, right? The way you go to the track to avoid huge traffic jams. Because when you put 300,000 people in a place, all traveling by car, in that tight a window, that tight a geographical space, you got to allow for a lot of traffic. So how do you get there? Everybody's got their secret route. That's kind of fun. Go and buy the yellow shirts to create your own parking excellence, right? Getting into the infield and deciding, yeah, I want to park over there. It's like El Chervik and Caddyshack, right? Rodney Dangerfield. Take me there. Take me there. And you wind up under a tree and it's absolutely beautiful in the third turn. That's what you do. Is it the Purdue uh, marching band? Is it, you know, you get to see a bunch of former champions? Is it the start of the race where you look down the front straight in either direction from turn four to one or from one to four, and and you're just awed by the sheer tonnage of people? Where else in the world are you going to be able to see 300,000 people at once? Nowhere else in the world. Take the biggest basketball arena that I can think of other than the, uh, the Orange Dome in Syracuse. But take like Rupp Arena, 24,000 people. That's a lot of people. Multiply that by 12, and you still don't have the number of people who attend the Indianapolis 500 on a normal May Sunday. The day race day in 19 days is going to be fundamentally different. We all knew that, but we thought that there was still a chance that we'd be able to go to the race. We're not going to be able to go to the race. That's life in the big city, I guess. We're going to have to... Uh, get together in smaller groups and watch the race thanks to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for allowing it to be televised. How ludicrous would it be if they continued the blackout with nobody allowed to attend? But you know what? That blackout is so damn dumb to begin with, it would not surprise me if that was the course of action being taken by the previous ownership regime. Roger Penske, a little bit smarter than that. The Holman George family, I don't know what would have happened. That TV blackout is just dumb with a capital D-U-M-B, and it's got to go away. It doesn't make sense. There is no study that shows that a TV blackout does anything but diminish attendance at a live sporting event. End it, please. What are we doing? Let this be the first of a run of many, many, many Indianapolis 500s that are broadcast live and locally to those who cannot get to the uh, the Speedway. You know, there are still going to be people who are sick next year, not of Corona, hopefully, but they're still going to be sick, unable to attend. They'd like to watch a race live. They don't, you know, listening to the radio is wonderful. Mark James and his crew do an absolutely phenomenal job. But televising the race, I think that it is an absolute imperative to get that done for the people who run that facility for the state of Indiana and the city of Indianapolis, who now have a little bit of skin in the game because the track a couple of years ago took public funds to enhance 
the property at 16th and Georgetown. Anyway, no sta- no fans. It's unfortunate. Uh, Pacers today tip off at about 6'10". They're going to go for their third in a row in the bubble. They are underdogs today. The Orlando Magic, the Magic have losing record, but you know what the Magic have in their advantage? The Magic, they didn't play yesterday, and the Pacers did. And all the starters played at least 33 minutes. Got skinny with the bench, made sure that they won against the Wizards. Today, we'll see. Victor Oladipo is going to be back for the Pacers, should be back for the Pacers. Brogdon should play. Everybody ought to be available, but Domas Sabonis and likely Goga Batadza not going to be available for the Pacers. If they win this game, they got a chance to cut further into the Miami Heat's lead as they try to maintain that fourth seed and keep the Pacers in fifth place. The um, the Heat have a tough stretch this early part of the bubble regular season seeding games. The Pacers, they've got Orlando, and they've got Phoenix coming up on Thursday before they wind up taking on some of the best in the NBA, including the L.A. Lakers, who last night put away the Western Conference. They are the number one seed. They've clinched that, so maybe they're going to rest, guys. We'll see. I hope that they do. I hope that the Pacers enjoy a walkover when they play the Lakers uh, coming up, I believe, on Saturday. We'll see. Uh, I want to talk about Paul Feinbaum for a minute because Paul Feinbaum is driving me nuts. Every time he's on ESPN, it's all gloom and doom. I can't believe that college football's conferences are continuing to plan to play football, blah, blah, blah. It's just unconscionable. It's all about money, 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 money. That's what he said this morning. And he says every morning. You know what? Here are a couple of things. I don't need that kind of negativity. Look, at some point, maybe the people in charge of the conferences, you know, you got Greg Sankey, who's in charge of the SEC, and you've got the new guy with the Big Ten, and you got Scott over with Pac-12, Big 12, ACC, all of these conferences. Maybe they decide that they're not going to play football. Maybe the information makes it a clear choice that playing football in the fall is going to be irresponsible. That could happen. All right. And if that does happen, that's fine. But I don't need that nonsense in my life today. I don't need that kind of negativity. I I don't need a guy who's all gloom and doom. Look, we got enough gloom and doom. If I want gloom and doom, I'll watch the news. The news gives me plenty of gloom and doom. I go to ESPN to escape the gloom and doom. And there is old bald head, Paul Feinbaum, talking about how college football's uh, elders are idiots for continuing down this road where they plan to play college football. It drives me nuts. Paul Feinbaum is the guy in second grade. He'd run into the classroom the day before Christmas break started and say, there's no Santa Claus. What are you, an idiot? There's no Santa Claus. He's that guy. He's the guy, right as you're preparing to watch the the, uh, series finale for Breaking Bad, says, oh, yeah, oh, the one where Walter White dies and Jesse gets away. He's that guy. He's the guy who enjoys being right at your expense. He's the guy who calls you two days before you've got a scheduled meeting with your boss to tell you that that meeting is to fire you. That's who Paul Feinbaum is, and I don't need that kind of activity. I I don't need that presence in my life. Paul Feinbaum comes on my TV, I opt out. I'm changing channels. I don't need Paul Feinbaum being right and raining on my parade. I'm looking forward to college football, 
All right, and we should look forward to college football until there's no college football to look forward to, and that's not going to be Paul Feinbaum's uh, decision. So I'm moving beyond Paul Feinbaum. Paul Feinbaum wants college football to move beyond this fall. I'm moving beyond Paul Feinbaum. Here's another thing. Paul Feinbaum says it's all about money, it's all about greed. Well, here's something he needs to know about how the economics of college athletics work. Money pays for non-revenue sports. Does he know that? Does he know that, let's say, at Indiana University, golf, nobody pays to watch a golf meet. Nobody. They travel all over the place to play golf. Uh, Field hockey, nobody pays to watch field hockey. It's absurd, right? Uh, Cross country, track, they they don't generate revenue. Somebody has got to pay for those scholarships Somebody has got to pay for that travel. Somebody has to pay for the room and board, all that food, all the training, the coaches for those sports. You know who does that? It's college football and it's college basketball. Pay for that. It's not all about greed. There might be some greedy aspects to it, but a lot of this has to do with, hey, at Indiana, it's 24 sports and one team, right? They don't want it to be 18 sports and one team. They'd like to continue to be able to fund another six sports. They'd like to grow the athletic department. Paul Feinbaum thinks that guys like Scott Dolson and Mike Babinski, the athletic director at Purdue, uh, Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director at Notre Dame, all the conference commissioners and all the athletic directors are, are like, you know, snidely whiplash, for God's sake, trying to figure out ways that they can screw the student athletes and put money in their pockets. And while... There's a little bit of that going on. There's a scintilla of greed roaming around in their noodles. A lot of this is really well-meaning revenue generation because what they're trying to do is, is bring a quality experience to a bunch of scholarship athletes who without college football would have no access to it. So there's a lot of that. Paul Feinbaum needs to think about the end of his nose and start thinking about life as it truly exists And instead of trying to be right at every turn, he can be humane and he can be reasonable and he can be he can be logical without being harsh. Paul Feinbaum, I don't need that in my life. I don't need him in my life. He needs to either change his behavior or or I'm going to change my network. And that's just the way that's going to work. This Look at me all casual today. Goodness. This is a a Jupiter Coyote t-shirt. I like Jupiter Coyote. They're a band out of Texas, and I dig them. Kind of a southern rock type feel. I enjoy it. At any rate, this has been Inside Indiana Sports Today with Kent Sterling. Join me tomorrow morning for Breakfast with Kent, bright and early, 8 o'clock on Facebook Live. Immediately thereafter on Periscope. And on Twitter, we talk about sports, nothing but sports. We do it all the time. Today, we were going to have a bevy of great guests. But when the Indianapolis Motor Speedway decided no fans for the Indy 500 in 19 days, we had to replate. This is what we do. you got to be nimble in in the media business. And that is what we bring to you every single day. Nimbleness and none of the arrogant hubris of uh, or ignorant hubris, both of them, of Paul Feinbaum. The anti-Paul Feinbaum. That is what we endeavor to be each and every day. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock.